You're listening to Backstage Pass with Alford Media, your behind-the-scenes look inside event tech and what it takes to turn visions into reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Backstage Pass by Alford Media. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Today's technology topic is not an AV-specific technology. That's right. We're not we're not talking HDR. We're not talking 8K. We're not talking audio networks. None of that. Today's podcast is making a case for the RFID chip in AV. How does radio frequency identification make for a more streamlined operation, a better management of assets, and at the end of the day, a happier customer? Well, we're getting thoughts from the team here at Alford that brought RFID to the company. We'll break down the journey of implementing the technology and how it's impacted the company's ability to deliver on that burgundy standard. I'd like to welcome Melanie Reed, Vice President of Business Operations for Alford Media, as well as Billy King, Director of Operations at Alford Media. Melanie, Billy, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Is this podcast number one for both of you or have you have you dabbled before? No, I have spoken in front of people a lot of times, okay. and I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but never put them together. Yeah. So first time. How about you, Billy? Mm, first one. First one. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's surprising how much in your head you think, oh, yeah, speaking to a crowd and speaking in front of a mic, same skill. No. But then, yeah, it's yeah. Very de- yeah, it definitely, um, going from one to the other can be challenging. But alas... I think we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm really excited to look at this trend in AV, but really hone it into how it's affected Alford specifically and pull away from that as, um, you know, as a way to look at what can other companies learn from what Alford uh, did with RFID and why it worked for you. So I think it's important to just get a sense for why this conversation matters to Alford and to the industry. So how important is asset tracking and asset management to the daily operations of a company like Alford Media? Well, it's, it's, yeah, very important. Yeah. And, you know, for our future plans of where we want to go, we need to be able to track our gear accurately and have confidence of where it's at. And I think RFID technology gives us that. You know, any given day, I mean, we're moving around millions of dollars of equipment. Right. And things are constantly changing. They never stop. So, you know, our operations team are great at, you know, trying to handle last-minute requests and keeping track of things. But humans make errors. And errors mean loss of money. Yeah. And errors also mean then our crew on site doesn't have what they need. And then that affects the show. So in that way, it's extremely important to know where our things are, be sure we have everything we need, and be sure it all comes back. And then like he was saying, too, you know, in the future, we're hoping to um, really have more like remote depots as we grow. And it's not really feasible to do everything out of Dallas. This technology is going to get us there. Love that. Yeah, probably more, uh, more effective than a logging sheet. Or, you know, updating We've an Excel that. doc. Yes, yeah. not that long ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it takes the human error out of the picture also. You have right. that confidence. It's, it's an electronic solution that rarely misses, you know, right. something going onto a truck. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only is it important, I think, to the operations uh, of a company like Alford, but I think there's just a different expectation from consumers nowadays. Um, you know, all of us included, I think we all expect... Um, efficiency, speed, accuracy, transparency to when we order stuff online. That's just what e-commerce has done to us as consumers. Um, have you felt that same standard make its way to your customers in the B2B pro AV world? I would say we have. I don't think our customers have ever felt 
or not often, if yeah. something was missed because the guys and gals on show site will fix it. Right. However, they're our customer as the support team, right? The technicians and engineers are. And so the tolerance for not having things immediate and for having mistakes, I think that has affected it, that they are expecting even more and more to know with confidence they have everything they need to do their job. And so they're not dealing with so many um, last-minute you know, emergencies, no, by the ways. Right. Well, and because you're also, you're not just dealing with the expectations of the consumer, but like you mentioned, you're also dealing with the expectations of local um, on-site contracted professionals, right? And you, you need mm-hmm. to maintain a, um, a standard for how you present yourself as a company to those people because they're, you know, they assist with these shows. So does that play into the need for uh, better tracking and better management of of gear when you're dealing with maintaining a brand among a network of contractors too? Well, yeah. I mean, we've developed recently a digital show kit that gives our road staff the ability to request gear. And some of them take great advantage of that and request a lot of gear Mm -hmm. for shows. So it's really (laughs) important that, you know, we have a way to track that and, Make sure it's going onto a pool and being tracked out of the building and they're getting exactly what they need. Yeah, that's a great point. Because when we're talking about our crew, it is our full-time and all those contractors. Mm -hmm. And so we have this technology where we can communicate really well, but it seemed the inventory tracking was still kind of a generation behind. Right. Right. So, and so much information has come in on any given um, show. I mean, you've got 10 to, to 20, 25 people moving pieces all wanting different right. things and so this really helps close that gap yeah right and one one mismanagement of one asset by one person can lead to a domino effect of trouble <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean you've both been with all for media for 20 years plus each which means that you've both seen firsthand how important operations and support systems are and really have become to the industry the industry has evolved a lot in the last few years and has really um put more emphasis on, I think, the customer service and that relationship with the clients. This plays into that. You know, it's just one more tool to deliver that better experience. Um, So what did tracking and asset management look like before the RFID chip? You know, what what is the standard that most AV companies used, still use, um, and what worked for a while? And then when did it stop working? Most companies use a handheld scanner and manually scan everything in and out. Um, like a like a barcode scanner. Yeah, a barcode scanner. Okay. Yeah. And for us, we really did want to streamline that and, you know, be the leader in that innovation of bringing RFID into the AV world. Yeah. And right now, um, it's mainly implemented in the warehouse. So instead of having to use the handheld, I mean, as it goes through the dock doors, you know, everything in that right. case. Right. I mean, it really gives you confidence. Not only that case got on the on the track, but all the pieces and parts in the case are on that track. Right. Right. So um, so that's been a, a big benefit for us. But yeah, most are still doing the handheld and scanning either each every item or the cases that they go on. So what are some of the limitations of scanning a barcode per item? They're probably pretty obvious, but I think it's good to list them out and kind of get a feel for what doesn't work. First is speed, because if you're having to do every single item versus you just push it through the dock doors, right? right? I was talking to some of our crew today. Um, We're doing inventory with it right now, and it's so much faster. It's something that used to take us weeks Mm -hmm. to do. Right. I mean, it's just – and next year will be even better. But it – just saves time from something that they don't need to be doing that they can be doing other things. They can be now doing deep QC on our other on our gear. Right. Can be looking for better ways to do things and making things better and improve and not just sitting there counting gear. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, if they're scanning the crate and not each piece of gear, then there's the possibility that maybe 
one of the supposed pieces of gear that was supposed to be in the crate didn't even make it in. Because believe it or not, when things come back from show site, they don't always look like they did when right. we sent it to show site. Mm, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the big challenge, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the guys and gals on show site, when they're done, I mean, they do a great job, but they've been working long hours, often doing this all night. And so they just want to get the gear out. That's the other thing that it helps too is we haven't done it yet, but we'll be rolling out this summer is in our trucks. We'll be scanning back out of the ballrooms mm. or the event spaces. So now we know not only did it get on the truck, but everything's coming back. I love that. Was this a pain point that was felt by the industry from the beginning? I mean, were people always complaining about the fact that these barcode scanners weren't really that fast or that efficient or there was a lot of room for error? Or did it become exacerbated because the industry has been more more globalized as of late projects are more international and companies you know seem to be growing at a, a pretty steady pace my opinion on it um how i felt it and we approached it really i don't know that it was a huge pain point but mm. we knew that there was room for improvement yeah and alford has always been a little bit on almost the painful edge of <laughs> Uh, trying new solutions. Okay, sure. So, I mean, that's just, we've been there, Billy and I both, for over 20 years. And at times, you know, other, I think companies probably think we're a little crazy to the amount that we share information and that we try things and really try to get ahead of the need. Sure. Um, however, once, now that it's in place, it, it's great because, I mean, again, like tracking your gear and the financial repercussions are fantastic. Right. But uh, it's just what we knew before and what most people were using. So, um, but we just knew it could be better. Yeah, right. absolutely. Is that the way you see it yeah. too, Billy? Love it. Okay, so let's turn to RFID now. Um, the technology isn't that new. It's been evolving for a while. So when did you first become aware of RFID as a potential solution um, or an alternative to scanning barcodes for every piece of gear? And what kept you from implementing it sooner? We we really started looking at it around 2005. Okay. And Really, the technology wasn't there because we do. We have a lot of situations where we have case, our cased equipment. There's an outer shell, there's an inner shell, and then the equipment is inside that. So it has to read through two levels of wood to read the RFID tag. Cool. So, you know, we looked at it every couple of years. We would revisit it, and it was always kind of, eh, it's not really working. And we even um, visited Venture a couple of times over that time period, and they they didn't have it you know, really up to where we needed it to be. And then, like I said, in December of 2016, we they asked us to come back out, and they told us to bring some equipment with us. And we did. And, you know, we left there saying this is going to work. Yeah. So what what exactly wasn't working when you first became aware of the technology? Was it that so it just wouldn't – it wasn't just, that accurate? It just couldn't see through – it has to see through cases. Right. And metal – um is a challenge for RFID. Sure. It's a see-through metal. Um, it, it just wasn't... Right. It just well, we wouldn't be able to capture all of the equipment, and therefore it's not going to be accurate. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't involved back in this project in 2005, but I know even still now there's a little bit of pain point is even just on the labels, I mean, to be small enough and sturdy enough yeah. because our equipment gets banged around a lot. It's shipped all over the nation, sometimes internationally. So they've got to be, you know be able to be, um, you know, stand up to that. Right. But at the same time, a lot of times some of our things are in front of customers. So we need to have custom, you know, really specific solutions. So right. you don't have this big old tag. Right. Right. right in front of something that the right. client's seeing. That just looks ridiculous. Right. Yeah, so. yeah. You need it to not peel off, but then also blend into the overall. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So overall it needs feel. to be stronger, mm -hmm. faster, right. more accurate and smaller, I would think. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
like you said, your mind's changed after this key visit to venture research in Plano, Texas in 2016. Mm-hmm. That was your aha moment. It was like, wow, okay, this is going to work. What did you see then that really, you know, lit the light bulb on in, in your head and got you excited for RFID? We just saw those cases roll on and they put, they tagged everything on the inside. Okay. Roll past the scanner and we saw everything. Amazing. And that was just really, we were like, wow. We didn't look back. (laughs) No, we did not. (laughs) I love that. So, I mean, clearly the potential was almost uh, impossible to quantify. I mean, just how this would um, benefit the operations of the company and would make everything way more seamless for not only you, but your employees and the end user. Um, That doesn't mean that there weren't challenges to rolling it out. What were some of those challenges? You know, did when you after that kind of aha moment, this is going to work. Did doubts start to creep into your minds about is this actually going to work? And like, what what were some of the roadblocks? I was never doubtful that it would work. Uh-huh. There were some. There were times where I had no clue how we were going to get to the next step. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> it um, happens. You know, I mean, the first time we, you know, we made the deal with Venture and they sent us or we purchased two sets of readers for our dock doors and they. About two or three months later, they arrived. And, you know, the first time we plugged one in, they told us to plug a laptop into it. And you roll something by and you'll see it read it. Well, we rolled the case by and it read it and it read it and it read it. And what we found out is it's constantly pinging any RFID tag it can see. So that first case, I mean, it read it a thousand times before it was out of sight. Laptop, 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 laptop. And it's, you know, there's... 50 other cases around, it's reading all those cases constantly. It got too strong, times, right? right? Yeah. One of the problems earlier on is the signal wasn't strong yeah. enough. Well, we had uh-huh. it wide open. And, right. yeah. We've later learned we can tone it down yeah. some. But we had to we had to figure out a way that we, you know, we had to filter this information and figure out a way to filter it and present it to us so it was useful. So we created um, a dashboard that we call Scanner Dash that presents that, you know, a case rolls by, it tells us that case went by its name correctly. Now, it's not the 25-digit number right. for the RFID tag. It's named correctly, and it shows it to us one time. Mm. So, um, and it shows us to us as a, we can either view it as a log of everything that goes on, or we can view it as it satisfies our pull list, and it checks off on our pull list that um, the pieces on the truck. So, yeah, like to add to what Billy said, we didn't look back, but it was interesting because you know, although RFID is everywhere now, I mean, it's not like you said, a new technology, but in our industry, it is. And so we didn't really have um, anyone to kind of to show us how to do this. So it was a lot of, oh, we didn't, <laughs> didn't think about that. You right. know? And so then we'd figure out a new solution or, you know, we'd all, we had a lot of meetings and we'd get together and kind of brainstorm on the best way. Um, had to come up with a lot of custom solutions, but luckily we had some really, really intelligent and just crazy talented people working for us that didn't give up and kept moving forward with it. Yeah. So, And it had to work within our operating system, which is custom to us. So right. we couldn't really... We couldn't really just buy stuff off the shelf. So we bought the readers, and then we had to develop all the um, software side of things. But, you know, to that, I mean, it was, yes, um, a lot of work. But the way I look at things in my position, I mean, our job, uh, my job is to make sure we have the best systems for ultimately the people doing the shows. Right. And ultimately the show, even if that means Billy and I and others are in a lot of meetings. You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going down a lot of wrong paths yeah. and, you know, doing a lot of experiments and things that are outside of, you know, what we are typical, you know, day to day that it's worth it in the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any sort of move that makes things more efficient is 
is never frowned upon, right? Yeah, yeah. So clearly this was a move to make the whole process more efficient for your team and for the end user. How has it tangibly benefited that relationship between both the company and its employees and its contract employees, but then also the relationship between the company and its end users? Have they felt the positive benefits of bringing RFID to the company? I don't know if ultimately our clients yeah. know. I, they may, but I don't know, like I said, but we really pride ourselves on really giving extreme service and right. trying to not make things, you know, take care of problems before they arise. Right. But definitely all of the contractors and definitely people on show site, which therefore indirectly does help that end client. Right. Because they have enough challenges on show site, even with the best planned show. You know, if they don't have a piece of gear that they need or even that they would be nice that would help them do it better, it's going to then affect the timing, the load-in of the show, the operation of the show, the mood of the tech, whatever it is. I mean, it's ultimately going to affect um, them there in a negative way. So right. hopefully we've cut back on that. And two, just also having that confidence because, um, I mean, they see exactly when it's scanned. I mean, they get real-time information. They know what truck it's on, exactly what's on there. So it just uh, makes that part of their job a lot easier. Yeah. More confident. So I think when they have everything they need, the tools they need, and they're more confident, they're giving a better product. They give a better product. Our clients are happy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't understate how important mental headspace is for a show like that. So, you know, if you're already stressed about, am I even going to have the gear I need? How can you expect that person to then also be confident and and cool and be able to make judgment calls on stuff that happen naturally in a show without the added stress of, I have no idea what gear I'm even going to be working with here in the next five minutes. So, yeah. Or yeah. where it's located even. Right, because right. we hear a lot of cases that go on those trucks. We often, you know, are sending several semis. Right. And I, w I don't know how many, what's the average amount of cases even that goes on those semis? Well, I have no idea. I, it's a lot. Like 100, 200? Yeah. Right. Of where is that piece right. in yeah. what case? Oh, it's in, in the other truck. Room. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still half an hour away. Right. Right. And you mentioned no one else in AV was really doing this. You didn't have anyone to turn to. Um, did you look at how other industries used RFID chips for, for inspiration? Um, and if so, which ones? Which ones were the closest to what you were trying to do? I don't know that we necessarily looked at many other industries. Yeah. Um, I think I remember um, Tom Alford was telling us he's been a big champion of this and kind of spearheading it. Um, that uh, I think it was like at a Top Golf maybe. Was it? He's telling it, you know, that they're RFID'd. He's like, right. if you can RFID a golf ball right. yeah. <laughs> and it's going that fast right. and, you know, all of that, like, there's no reason we can't make this work, you know? And I know um, the medical industry we're talking about, I mean, the things that they're doing with RFID are just, you know, amazing. And I mean, yeah. to the point they even know if it, the instrument is placed in the exact right drawer to the right position, you know, right. they can scan it and is it completely accurate, which is kind of important when yeah. doctors in surgery, right? So um, those are very varied industries, you know, yeah. like golf balls in the medical industry, but it's like great <laughs> stuff is being done. And if they're doing that. Probably then, be somewhere in the middle yeah, there. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like, so we can figure it out. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you mentioned it yourselves that since you had no one to turn to, you really had to develop this from the ground up. Um, and you know, I think of of all the companies I've interviewed in Pro AV, Alford is one of the ones that I think was probably most set up to take advantage of something like this because of the fact that you have a track record of custom solutions and developing processes, 
methodologies and literal softwares that aren't off the shelf. There's something that you needed specifically done, so you just, you built it. Um, and that could be anything from offered access to how you approach international shows. Um, and I mean, from every person I've interviewed on this podcast, I've gotten another nugget of how Alford does something in a custom way. Um, was it particularly challenging this time around to to bring a custom solution to RFID implementation? Did it give new challenges or were you able to approach it in a similar way as you had other custom projects? Um, yeah, what what was the vibe like trying to put it together? It was, you know, we dove in and yeah. like, just like we do any other project, sometimes we're not don't really have a clear picture of where we're going to end up. We kind of know where we want to get to, but I mean, we're all real excited at Alford to dive into those projects and go into uncharted territory. No, I would agree with that. And um, I think the difference on this, though, there was a lot more of the physical aspect because a lot of other custom solutions is with, you know, you know, software, apps, communication, mm-hmm. and things like that. But this, a lot of the challenges was, you know, not getting bleed over into the next dock door and, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. So there's a lot more physical challenges just that we had to deal with we weren't used to, but we still have that same mindset. And, yeah. you know, I really credit, I mean, the beginning of Alford, they started that way. It's like, this is how we work. We'll find things to help us how we work. Um, however, that being said, I think other companies can learn from us. I mean, we have had other companies come in, much larger companies, actually, yeah. and see what we're doing and learn from our mistakes yeah. and see how they could implement it in theirs. Um, and I think Billy's going to be, it's kind of becoming even more of the buzz and event technology. He's going to be um, on a serve, uh, our panel here yeah. in a couple oh, months cool. talking about it. So, um, so you know, maybe we've led the way that others can kind of yeah. not have such a pain, a long, it wasn't a painful road. It was a long road. It was a long, <laughs> yeah. it was a long road. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of work, but yeah. 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 Well, and I also think it's interesting how you approach this innovative solution. You know, it's not like you're keeping a big guard secret over it or that it's like a proprietary thing you're never going to share with the industry. It's, it's what you mentioned earlier in the podcast that Alford is very open about its um, its challenges, its custom solutions and what it does to succeed, um, which, you know, I think some companies might see as like, why are you revealing all your secrets? But why does Alford approach it in that way? You know, why Why are you so open to share what worked for you and want to assist the industry in doing the same? I think just at the very foundation of our culture is we're our integrity yeah. and our openness. Mm-hmm. And that goes from to the degree we have been always have been open with our clients and the degree that we're open with even the contractors on the show. That's just in the fabric of the Alford culture. Yeah. It's not to be defensive or to hold secrets or to not share. It's you know, be truthful and be open because, you know, there are some inherently some risk there, but we really believe there's a lot more benefits that come out of that. Yeah. And it's worked for 35 years, right? you know, so why change now? Right. (laughs) Right? And it bleeds over into just how our employees are. I mean, it's a very open, um, an open door place that people feel free to speak their mind. And I think too, what's exciting, you know, like on a project like this, I mean, it took a team of people out of some of them out of their normal job to come in and volunteer really to try to make this work. And and that's something we do too, is let people, you know, exercise different parts of their brain, different talents, different skills, and not just in their, you know, job duty list. Because RFID implementation was not on anybody's right. <laughs> job duty list when they were hired for Alford. That was a, hey, oh, by the way, you want right. to do this? Right, <laughs> right. It was, uh, yeah, sprung upon them. I feel that. 
So clearly RFID is working for you and the industry is catching on now. You're getting more interest on it. It seems like it could work for all of AV and all of their asset management and tracking and all that good stuff. But that doesn't mean the technology doesn't have room to grow. So I wanted to get your perspective on after implementing it, after having used it for a while now and seeing the benefits, where do you still see RFID evolving? How could it still work better for your company and maybe for the industry specifically? We still have some items that we can RFID tag, like microphones. Interesting. Which Why? are, well, because, uh, well, first of all, it's a microphone that's out in front of people, so you can't really have anything on the outside of it. True. Um, but the it's a metal case, and so the tag that would make that work is about an inch by a half inch by a quarter inch. It's a special metal tag, which you put on a lot of our equipment, but it won't work on that. And um, every now and then, Venture sends us little uh, Ziploc bags of miscellaneous tags to try out. Uh-huh. And they sent us one that they thought would work on a microphone. It's just like the size of an eraser head, but flat. Oh, wow. Just And it would have been perfect. It was dark gray. But you had to be about an inch and a half from the reader for it to actually see it. It's made for items going down a conveyor belt, and there's a there's a reader right above the conveyor right. belt. So we're still waiting on technology to catch up on items like that. So always smaller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Smaller, faster, better. But yeah, that is, um, and it doesn't seem like that would be an issue. I mean, it kind of blew my mind too. And it is funny when we get those bags, there's literally like, I mean, I can't even explain what it looks like. I mean, there's a size and shape and color for everything. Yeah. And there's still some of them, you know, don't work for that specific Like solution. digging through Lego pieces. It <laughs> is, it is. It's like Christmas, you know, almost. Yeah, right. It's like, how about this one? Right, <laughs> what right. about this? Um, so yeah, we're still working on, on that. And I'm sure as we, um, you know, grow the, like, how we're using it, where we're doing it from remote locations, we're doing it coming off of show site. There's some challenges we're not aware of yet that we're going to come across. I mean, that's, you know, so we'll see where the uh, technology needs to catch up when we start getting to those, actually using them in those cases. Well, you know, I think the most exciting future for it, for y'all, and you brought it up, was the ability to expand out of your Dallas headquarters and the ability to create regional locations where you can safely monitor and manage your gear and hopefully better serve the clients in that area. Those kinds of changes um, and and the fact that technology can help you do that, I think is, is really exciting. Um, I do too. Yeah. Another thing we're looking, which actually I think it would do now, but there would still be some challenges, is to just locating gear. Because yeah. again, often we're working in event centers or huge, large ballrooms or warehouses pretty sizable too, but like where you can walk around and it's a different type of RFID, but that's something that we've yeah, looked they, at. They make a wand that you can, you know, you, if you can type in the uh, RFID tag or our barcode and then you can walk around and point it and it'll, yeah. it's like a Geiger counter. Yeah, yeah. And it'll find things. You have to get kind of close to them, but maybe that technology yeah. will. Yeah, if that catches up would be yeah. really useful. Yeah. Well, Melanie, Billy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to dissect this really unique look at RFID and AV. Um, I mean, when y'all brought this to AV, you were basically the only ones doing it. Now you're speaking at a panel on it. You know, you have companies that are interested in in asking, how are you doing this? What works for you? Um, that must be really exciting to be that point of contact, that thought leader for this change in the industry. So I'm excited to see how that continues to grow, what new challenges come up, how you overcome them, because Alford always seems to overcome the challenges. Um, and we'll definitely bring you back on for the next round of podcasts, exploring the future of RFID. So thank you both for coming on. It was a pleasure. 
Thank, thank you. you. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Backstage Pass. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to alfordmedia.com or you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <laughs>